What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the Up Before You podcast is brought to you by Ticket Weirdo. With concert and game season just around the corner, the timing is perfect for those of you listening who want to plan your summer events. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. What's great about Ticket Weirdo is they are the only ticket site that doesn't charge you hidden service fees and also donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out by simply going to TicketWeirdo.com and typing in code UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited ticket purchases throughout the year. Once again, that's UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off your ticket purchases and to keep it weird this summer. Now guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a 5-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and share via social media and make sure to tag Up Before You. And lastly, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. Okay, my guest today is Carolyn Prevost. Carolyn is a CrossFit Games athlete and the 12th fittest woman on earth. Carolyn is also a high school math, science, PE, and health teacher. And on top of it all, Carolyn plays professional hockey in Canada. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And with all that being said, let's get on with the show. So can we, can we start out and can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up and your childhood and some sports you played and stuff like that? Yeah, so um, I was very athletic growing up. Um, started walking pretty early, and then as soon as I started walking, I was probably running and then climbing, everything. So I think my parents wanted to put me in as many sports as possible growing up. I started with gymnastics when I was three, um, and then started hockey and soccer around the age of five and six. And I continued those three sports. Um, all the way until I was around nine when I quit gymnastics. It was just too much um, in terms of time. I have four other sisters. There's oh, five of us, two sets of twins. So yeah. they wanted me to train um, before and after school. And I attended a French high or French elementary school by that, at that point. And they wanted me to switch to an English school. And I had my twin in my class. So there was no way that I was going in a different school than my sister. Um, so it was just too much for my parents in terms of traveling and, and everything. So I, I ended up quitting gymnastics and starting Taekwondo, which is like a martial okay. art. And I then I did basically soccer, Taekwondo and hockey throughout my whole high school, um, while also playing basically every sports team that was at the high school level. But those other three sports I was basically doing at the national level for all three of them. So competed internationally a lot. Um, and then found myself um, on the Canadian U18 team at that time for hockey. And I got recruited to go to um, a bunch of different universities, but ultimately I chose Madison, Wisconsin, which was the best decision of my life. Um, so like essentially put Taekwondo and soccer in the background. And I, I still played soccer in the summer. I still do play soccer every summer. Um, but then I pursued my hockey career. And then I had four years at the University of Wisconsin. We won two national championships. We lost in the finals one year. Um, had some time on the under 22 national team for hockey. 
and I was kind of in the senior program for um, hopefully a spot on the Olympic team. And then when the time came to centralize a roster um, in Calgary in 2013, uh, I was left off of that roster. So that's essentially when I started CrossFit was I needed this competitive outlet. I had basically played um, high level sports my entire life. So after you graduate university, you know, you need, you mm -hmm. need something and I needed something and came across CrossFit and never looked back. I still, I still play hockey uh, now professionally in Toronto and continue to play soccer in the summer. Um, but my, my true love has kind of shifted a little bit more towards um, CrossFit. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've played every yeah. single sport um, and I love it. Like if I'm not playing a sport, I'm probably watching a sport. I love watching sports center every day so growing up in canada in like, where you grew up was very close to like the u.s border were you fa were you a fan of like more canadian sports teams or american sports teams well if we're talking about hockey i could not be a fan of basically anyone else other than the habs because my parents are like okay. big montreal canadian fans mm -hmm. um but i mean I always liked whoever won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's so funny looking back on my player cards for hockey. It was like, who's your favorite team? It was like Dallas Stars because they had won the year before. Then it was like Colorado. My parents <laughs> were like, yeah. no, you're a Haas fan. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I just enjoyed watching basically any sport. And whoever my, typically whoever my dad liked, I liked watching them. Mm -hmm. um, we'd watch sports center before school. Um, my mom was less so into watching sports, but mm -hmm. um I like both American and, and Canadian teams. I still do. I just, I like watching talent versus picking a team. And how did you get into Taekwondo? That's, that's seems kind of odd. <laughs> um, I don't know. Once I, once I quit gymnastics, I just needed something to, to, I guess, stay active. And I was driving around town with my parents and then we found a blue water Taekwondo club and essentially walked in I talked with the coach and then my dad was like you're gonna like like this athlete here <laughs> and uh I ended up doing like a bunch of tournaments right away I was, my coach was giving me like way higher belts so I could fight against higher caliber um people uh, I think I was like a yellow belt and, I, and then he gave me a black belt so I can go yeah. to the black black belt division I was like a couple months in but because I was just like literally beating the crap out of these girls because <laughs> like they are beginners and I have videos of me just like hitting them in the head and you weren't allowed to hit them in the head at that like <laughs> level of belt and stuff and I was like oh no he's like you're gonna get a black belt so I, I mean I'd still do my ranks and stuff but just for the tournaments there was I had to go in different divisions um I ended up competing uh for Team Canada a few times um went to the Pan Am Championships Junior Pan Am Championships um, a few times so really good experience there it, honestly that was probably my favorite sport growing up mm -hmm. I love training for it I'd wake up early force my twin to get up and we'd go for runs like Rocky 4 was my, my favorite movie it still kind of is <laughs> yeah um, I would listen to that soundtrack all the time while like running and training but like martial arts I guess we're you know I, th I think it's just like a different breed of people mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah I, I missed that sport quite a bit. Uh, I thought it was really good um, training. A lot of like explosive movement, footwork, mentally. Um, I think that really helped me with a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I love it. Whenever I go back home to my hometown in Sarnia, I typically go to the type of no club and just kick around and listen to music and yeah. <laughs> get my inner Rocky in. So were you just like competing in championships all throughout your childhood? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it was every, every weekend, like my poor parents and we, so I'm from Sarnia and Toronto was about two and a half hours away. I think almost every single weekend I, they were traveling to Toronto to drive me for a tournament of some sort. Um, whether it was hockey, soccer, um, Taekwondo, like it was, it was nuts for my parents. Um, yeah. And like, I, but they put me in a position where like, I literally, I got great opportunities to like do the sports that I love. And I know not a lot of kids have that opportunity. And I was coached by the right people, had the right teammates and really just developed a lot as an athlete um, playing so many sports. Like I never specialized in a sport. And I still haven't specialized in a sport. Like I look at all the CrossFit Games athletes, and they're most of them. That's all they do is, and like I still play hockey at the highest level, and like I love sports. And I think that's what made me a better CrossFitter to begin with, is because I never specialized, and that's why I loved CrossFit because you didn't have to be good at just one thing; you wanted to be good at everything. And growing up, like I had pressure to specialize in hockey or in soccer or in Taekwondo. It was like, which one are you going to pick? I was like, well, I don't want to pick. I want to play <laughs> soccer in the summer. Yeah. I want to play hockey in the winter and I want to fight all year long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it was essentially like just a bunch of sports growing up. So yeah. it was cool. And you're also a teacher. When did you decide you wanted to be a teacher and kind of what was like, who <laughs> kind of inspired you or what inspired you to want to do that? Um, well, I didn't know I really wanted to be a teacher. Honestly, when I got cut from um, the team for the Olympic teams for hockey, I found myself in a situation where it was April-ish of 2013. And most of the programs at university were closed. You couldn't really apply for that next September. Um, but teaching in the French system, my mom worked at the high school. My other, my old, one of my older sisters is a teacher also. Um, I loved teaching growing up. Like I gave a lot of l- private lessons for different sports. So it was all, and I also like teaching different subjects to people like kind of like tutoring. Um, so when I looked at that program being open, I applied for it and got in and um, essentially did my teacher's college in Toronto and then got a job right out of um, university, which is, very good. And I've been working at the same school ever since um, and love it. Originally, I wanted to go like sports med doctor and I, I had all the sciences to go in to go into that field and maybe Cairo or anything like that. But I just felt like teacher was going to allow me to do the things that I wanted to do athletically still because the hours are pretty good. So you, I love it. Yeah. And you teach maths. You teach like a handful of subjects, math, science, health, PE. Like how did you come to teach so many different things? Well, it's a, so if you go to bigger, like English high schools, Mm -hmm. you're finding that you have a lot more specialized teachers, but in a smaller French high schools, I work in the French system, uh, we have less staff. So you're often teaching different subjects because we don't have three sections of grade nine English, let's say, where the the same teacher would teach three different groups uh, that the full day. So like we will only offer maybe one of each class. So you're having to be more well-rounded, I guess, in your, in your mm-hmm. teaching. And I, I like all the subjects anyways. 
Um, I prefer math science than um, I guess like social sciences and languages, but I mean, I've taught some history and geography classes. They weren't like my favorite in terms of teaching personally, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of math science at university. Uh, I was a kinesiology major. And uh, so I also teach a kinesiology class now in grade 12. So that's really fun. Too. So that would be like, a, that's a senior in high school, right? Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah. So grade grade nine is freshman. Yep. And then sophomore is like sophomore junior. So when you like went when you were trying out for the Olympic team, did you kind of know going in like it was gonna be kind of it was gonna be tough? It was gonna be kind of a long shot to make it, or was it a surprise to you when you got cut? Um, no, I knew I was on the bubble. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the most talented in terms of like my hands, my shot, or anything. Um but I worked really hard and uh, like my fitness was, was always one of the top ones and speed on the ice, like skating. Um, no, I, I, I knew I was on the bubble. Um, and then it was just hoping that they would give me a shot. Um, and then ultimately it was, we were down to a handful of girls and half of them got picked and some of us got left out. So, um, you know, I, I worked hard outside of hockey to give myself opportunities after hockey also. So, mm. um, it was tough. Like, don't get me wrong. It, like it was really tough, but I think that, um, having backup plans, you know, helps a lot. And then when I found CrossFit that probably made the transition a lot easier because a lot of, a lot of people that would get cut in that situation and don't have anything to fall back on, uh, will struggle a lot mentally. Um, especially if that's all you've trained for your whole life. So, when I had something new all of a sudden and so many challenges in CrossFit, um, it just kept my mind and uh, just physically just mm -hmm. like very busy. And then how did you get introduced to CrossFit? Um, so at my Taekwondo club, there was, well, there's a few different ways. So at school, one of my teammates um, was kind of into CrossFit and she was always like, you should try CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is CrossFit? <laughs> she would try to explain me what it was. So I didn't really pay much attention to it. And I just kept hearing the word from different people. And then I went to my Taekwondo club in Sarnia. And one of the guys that I, um, one of the people that like the members there, his daughter was really good in CrossFit, Christine and Deli. Okay. You might know her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she was really good in, um, back in 2013, mm -hmm. 2014, yeah. like almost made it to the games. Um, so she was from my hometown. Uh, and then he was like, you should do CrossFit. Like Christine is just down the road here training at this CrossFit gym. Um, and then I just kept hearing it from other people, like, try, try that, try this out, try this out. So I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I found a gym in Sarnia called We Are Fitness. Um, so I started there for a few months before I ultimately moved to Toronto for my teacher's college. Um, but yeah, as soon as I stepped into the gym, I was like, this is exactly what I love. Like, I love training. Um, I like doing like high intensity stuff. So a lot of times when I used to lift, I would, wouldn't really sweat too much. And I didn't feel like I got like as much of a workout. And now all of a sudden you go into a CrossFit gym and it's like, you just got the crap beat out of you. And you're like, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I stuck with it and right away, almost started competing, mm -hmm. um, in different competitions and just got hooked. Yeah. It seems like it fits your personality very well. <laughs> yeah. My parents, like my parents were like, 
just when we thought that you were going to slow down a little bit into your yeah. career after you got <laughs> cut, here you go, like just yeah. ramping back up into something <laughs> else. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> now, was it one of those things where you kind of decided like, I want to compete or did you have people telling you like, Hey, you're really good at this. Like you should try and compete. You should try to go to regionals, try to go to the games. There's not really much I do that I don't compete in. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. Um, okay. Like I, it's it, I, in school, I want it to be the best and mm-hmm. in everything I do, I want it. I like, I want mm-hmm. to excel in. So as soon as I knew there was competitions, I was like, okay, let's see how fit I am versus the, yeah. these people. Um, it's funny because a lot of the local competitions I did, like I didn't look like a scaled athlete but I would compete in the scale division because I didn't know how to do a muscle up. I didn't know how to do certain stuff. I mean, I, because of my gymnastics background, like the bar muscle ups, I, I took me a little bit less time to learn and the handstand stuff, but like the real RX things, I didn't quite all have. So like, I didn't look like I belonged in the scale division sometimes. And I was like going sprinting and <laughs> yeah. I was like, so eventually I was like, okay, I just got to learn how to do these other stuff like Olympic lifting and everything. So I had a lot of holes in my games. I still have a lot of fixing to do still. I mean, we're always trying to perfect, but it was almost right away. I wanted to compete and I knew I was going to try to be one of the best um, in the sport. And then what was it like for you when you went to your first regional? What was that whole experience like? Oh my God. I felt like I did not belong there. (laughs) So I qualified my very first year um, at regional. So I did, so in less than one year, um, so back then the open didn't have a scaled in RX division. So the weights were relatively light and, uh, the skill level was pretty low. So there was no handstand pushups yet in the open. You had maybe a little bit of muscle up at the end of a workout. So I ended up getting, I think it was like in the top 10 of the open in my region, which was Canada East. So I'm in the final heat starting on day one I have like it was like hang snatch and handstand walk I think was like the first event I'm opening up my first hang snatch at 105 pounds <laughs> I think Camille is like down in the middle lane and I think she's opening like at 170 pounds her mm-hmm. and Michelle Aton and all those other girls that had been doing the sport and like I was in their heat <laughs> because the open was low skilled low yeah. weights and it was just like go and I could do that um so I was just like oh no these girls are good (laughs) got out of that first day last heat uh real quick but (laughs) um ended up finishing like middle of the pack I think I was around 20th 22nd ish um which I think there was 40 athletes so I would do like very well in some stuff and then last place in another thing so somewhere in the middle um but it was really cool I thought I was so nervous before and I just I had missed that feeling you know when you played all these other sports for so long at a high like high level there's only like certain things that will like really get your adrenaline going Mm -hmm. at at, you know at a certain point you you lose it a little bit unless it's like a big game um and I was like oh this is really fun so I really like that so then yeah it was was a tough tough first day I'll say (laughs) So then at this time, were you still playing hockey and soccer, right? Mm-hmm. Like professionally? Yeah, so I played, yep. I played uh, for the Toronto Furies in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Um, and then I played premier soccer in Toronto in the summer. So both professionally? 
So you're playing professional soccer, professional hockey, and competing in CrossFit. The, it, the, not not in the soccer anymore. It was just it was more like a senior senior team, basically mm-hmm. girls out of university. I wouldn't say it's professional. I played a semi pro um, when I was in Wisconsin in the summer, but yeah, didn't have as much time. But I still love playing soccer. It was great training. Like yeah, for for your competing in CrossFit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, has, has CrossFit ever been, like, your singular focus? Like, right now, I guess it would be because the hockey season's over. Um, so I have, like, this, like, small little transition. And I was, like, last year was the first year since I'm five years old that I didn't play soccer. Wow. And I actually trained for the games in the summer uh, with no hockey. I don't usually play much hockey in the summer regardless because um, I always played soccer. I need that, like dip in my hockey season play another sport and then i kind of have the urge to play again late august and then i pick it back up um but last year i didn't play anything else in the summer and because i'm off in the summer teaching i got to train like full-time athletes for two months month and a half leading to to the games Mm -hmm. um but yeah like during the year like all these sanctionals that a lot of the athletes are able to just travel and get to the region like days before, like I'm literally getting there a day before registration or the day of registration, signing up, getting the briefing, compete, leave the Sunday night often. And I'm teach, I'm back at school the Monday morning, probably teaching. Wow. Um, because I like, there's nothing that stresses me out more than missing than missing work. It, like I don't like missing it. So you um, kept going to regionals, back to regionals, and then 2018 you went to regionals and got sixth place, which mm-hmm. put you one spot out of the games. What what was that kind of like for you? That was really hard. Um, I did really well in the Open that year. I, the workouts were good for me. And then at regionals I had high hopes to try to make it um, for my first year at the games. And there was one workout that just crushed me. It was the bench press workout Um I was never a good venture, still not that great of a venture at all. Um, but I think I like just sucked at that workout. <laughs> I <laughs> <Yeah>. got exposed <laughs> and then I lost a lot of points. And then I almost made my way back into that uh, fifth place spot, uh, but just missed it by six points. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was tough. Um, but I just kind of turned the page and I was like, okay, it wasn't meant to be. Yep. Um, let's start training for the next year. Um, so th- that group, like I, I trained like that year if I was going to the games that 2018 in the summer. So I pretended that I was training for the games. Um, and then they switched the whole format after that. Yeah. So at, at that point, it was the East region, right? Yep. Who was there that year? Katrin. Um, Caroline Rosencibo, Carrie Pierce, Danny Horan, Chloe, uh, Goldbine David. Uh, those were the girls that qualified. Yeah, so that's, um, that's a pretty, that's a pretty th- solid region. The, the, three, the three that would always qualify was Katrin, Carrie, and Caroline Rosencibo mm-hmm. from Canada. Um, those were like the three. Tasia was there the one year okay. until she moved and then all of a sudden went team. Um, but yeah, Danny Horan was, was always a good contender. Asia was, it was a very strong region. All right. So then 2019, you break through and you make it to the games. Um, 
Did you make it through the open that year? I did. Yeah. So, through the open. So, it was yeah. With, different making it through the open. Yeah. <laughs> so with like all you, the with all the changes and like the new things, was that kind of nice to be able to make it through the open and not have to worry about it the rest of the year? Yeah. I mean, we did, we just didn't know how. Like we knew the open was going to matter in terms of placing. It was going to be a higher like doing better in the open versus national champions, like all of that and how that would affect the heats at the games. Like we weren't really sure what was going on, um, but it felt good to qualify early, even though there was sanctionals, I think before the open, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it just was a big pressure off my shoulders. Um, but at the same time, it just, it felt, it felt weird because I had always envisioned, um, you know, when you're finished a competition and then the announcer slowly talks about who's made it and who's first place, second, third. And, you know, you, you kind of visualize hearing your name at the end of a competition. So when you get an email sent from CrossFit.com, that's just like, congratulations. Like, it's just not the same mm-hmm. vibe. Um, but nonetheless, it was extremely exciting and um, I was very happy. So then before the games, you went and competed on a team with Mayhem. Why Why did you do that right before the games? Because it's Mayhem. Like, how do, you, how do you say no <laughs> to CrossFit Mayhem? Like, you just can't. Who? Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of them. So Tasia reached out to me um, on Instagram, and she was like, they're missing a girl for this competition in France. Would you be interested? And going to Cookville before and then going from Cookville to France. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll for sure hop on the Mayhem Independence team. Um, honestly, out of all the competitions I've done, that was probably the most fun I've ever had. I like, like, I love team sports, um, but I thought the people were amazing. Uh, we really gelled. We got to just like scoot around France for yeah. like fun. And the team was awesome. Like, Royce and Chase and Kristen like it was just a good trip and I loved it did you go training Cookville at all uh, leading up to that I did just a couple days we did some of the workouts together um I got to train at Richard's barn we went to Richard's dad's place so we saw his old play uh like where he used to train growing up um I also went to the mayhem gym so it was like kid got like, I was very happy to what see was, all those things. So what was it like <laughs> training with Rich for how long you were there? The sad part was that he wasn't even there that weekend. It was like an <laughs> anniversary thing with Hillary. And he also had a football game at one point. Like, I think he like drove by the gym. I, went, I think, and he was like, Hey, I have a game tonight. If you guys want to come watch. And then <laughs> he just like <laughs> left. <laughs> so I actually didn't really get to meet him. Yeah. Um, but at the games uh, in the summer, he was on the phone at one point and he was walking past me. And, and then he was like, hold on one second, like got off, like just kind of put his phone down and came to introduce himself to me and shook my hand and said, like, thank you for accepting to come on the Mayhem Independence team and stuff. Like it was like, I was like, wow, like yeah. such a nice guy. Just like he just stopped his conversation on the phone and walked back to say and like, hello and stuff yeah so, no that's really cool pretty cool um great atmosphere there i mean it's no wonder that they're all champions yeah <laughs> and they're just high level they're they're amazing yeah that, 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 it seems to not like it doesn't get any better than that 
that whole side. I, I competed on a team this year, and that team was just as fun too. Um, I mean, I've really enjoyed both of my experiences at sanctionals on teams. I think they've been my favorite competitions, both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he set up such a good like environment to train. Like I can see why Matt and Tia like decided to move there and train there. Like I mean, it's just perfect. It's amazing. Yeah, just good people. Like that's that's what makes the competition and and stuff fun is when you're competing with genuinely nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know there's something about that that's just contagious and it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you go to the games. What was that whole kind of experience like going to Madison, going to the games for the first time, especially in a different year where it was very different. Uh, I went to school in Madison, Wisconsin. So that's right. Like yeah, that's right. Home. Yeah. I think I'm the only student athlete um, from there that's made it to the games. Um, so that was really cool. I still know a lot of people in the city. So I went a little bit earlier just to kind of go see my old coaches, um, walked around some of my old facilities for hockey and saw some of my friends. But it was, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, it was also very stressful. It's probably the, to be honest, it was probably the least fun I had competing because really? there was just so much, so much, like I just put so much pressure on myself and because of the cuts, like you just couldn't absorb and just be living in the moment and be like, this is really cool experience. It's like, no, like you, you can't just sit back and, and enjoy the moment because you're about to get cut. <laughs> like it was just, you know, you couldn't, you, I couldn't just grasp it and just be there and enjoy the experience and, and compete. Like the cuts just made it very stressful that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas typically when you go through a weekend, you're like, Oh, I have this workout to look forward to. And you know, you're about to do the, the full weekend, but I had a lot of family and friends that were coming to watch. And I just didn't, I didn't want to disappoint them and get cut right away. And so you have that playing in the back of your head as much as you don't want it to be weighing down on you. Like you can't help but think about those cuts. And I often was like right on the cusp of just getting out. And I was like, okay, I made it through the next round. Yeah. Okay, I made it through. So it was just getting, getting stressful. Um, up until I made the top 20, I think when I had the sprint event, I knew that was going to be good for me. So I, I relaxed a little bit more and I was like, my goal was to try to make top 20. So regardless of where I ended there, I was like, okay, now I can enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before then it was just stressful. Like it was, it was tough. You didn't know the workouts until like an hour before didn't know when to eat. Like it was, it was different. Yeah. And you had a really good weekend, like, especially for your first time in the games, you had a really good showing. What, um, what was the workout that cut it to 10? Um, well, I, I moved up in the sprint. So like the sprint I did really well in, I got second. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to do the sprint because in the Mary workout before, um, I came down from the pull-up bar. So the first section, you got to put your mats underneath the pull-up bar and you, you got to place it. The second section that you walked up to, they had already put the mat for you. And in the first 15, I think it was 15 rounds. 10 rounds or something. It was 10 mm-hmm. rounds. I'm not even sure. First 10 or 15 rounds. You, so like I didn't even come down and like I was like unbroken on the pull-ups and then I'd landed on my mat nicely. But the, the moment I moved to the next section, I came down and the mat was too far back and I just caught the, like I clipped the front end of it and kind mm-hmm. of like hurt my calf and it just 
seized up. Um, I couldn't, couldn't put any pressure on it and walk on my toes um, that whole night and that whole morning. I, it was like every time I'd try to walk my toes, like I would mm-hmm. crash down and I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with my calf. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, I kind of went maybe a little bit too hard on the pull-ups and I couldn't extend my arms. Oh no. <laughs> so there was a lot of pulling that weekend. Um, so I was, I couldn't extend. So I, I was stuck in 90 degrees with my arms, basically. Like they were just so stiff from all the pulling. And that's another story <laughs> for how long I was like that. Um, <laughs> but so I was like, I barely warmed up for the sprint, but mm-hmm. the sprint was my best event. Um, and I, I was actually 19th before that. And I moved up to 12th. Oh, wow. Or yeah. 13th, I should say. And then one girl tested positive. So then it puts me to 12th. Okay. Um, I think my worst event may have been the row handstand walk one. Oh, so the, the sprint event cut it to 10. The sprint cut cut it to 10, but that was my best event. Okay, so that brought you okay, so that brought you way up. So that actually brought me closer because that was, that fell right into my wheelhouse. And then did you kind of like you know you kind of talked about how it was really stressful for you? Could you feel that like among the other athletes while you were warming up and while you were kind of like hanging out after workouts were people really stressed or were they relaxed? Um, I think everyone was a little bit stress i mean i don't see a lot of them like regularly to know if there was a big difference between just their focus typically and and how they were there but um i I mean i try not looking too much at everyone else it was just it was just a more stressful atmosphere like you would between the events we all had to go to the bleachers and literally they would call one by one like an old gym class like you got picked you got like (laughs) and then the rest of them just kind of sat there in the stands and you're like we're sorry your competition is over and it's like you're on you're like standing up and you got like picked to go the next round and you're looking at these people's faces and like oh my god that sucks like yeah so it was just like cutthroat yeah yeah it does seem like like when you like watch the documentary on it like it did seem very cutthroat like he'd be like read the names and then he's like all right the rest of you so yeah we're sorry just yeah i mean i had i had bought my coliseum ticket for myself knowing that making because we knew it was gonna be some cuts and you didn't know how far you were gonna go so i bought my own coliseum ticket knowing that there was a possibility of me getting cut early on like you don't know what events they're like they can program and and all of my friends and family were inside the coliseum for the full weekend so i didn't want to just be stuck by myself um in the fan festival area although like that part of the competition is super fun to walk around and there's big screen TVs and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it is the rest of the competition I just watched from the Coliseum. <laughs> now did that experience kind of like give you a confidence boost and kind of let you know that like you belong like at the games and that you're kind of one of the top athletes there? I wouldn't really say so because I'm aware also that some of the workouts fell into my strengths and it could have been someone else you know like the work the workouts were good for me at the right time um and as the point value increased i was rewarded if there was a better workout there um so i I don't think that you can get too much ahead of yourself and think oh i'm a 
I'm a top 20 athlete now. Like if there was another workout at a different point in that competition, I may have not made it. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm 40th, 50th or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think I have the same awareness of my skills before I entered the competition and after, like, I just, um, I know, like, I know what I'm good at. I know what I need to work on and I'm getting more confident in terms of, um, just knowing how to attack different workouts based on how to maximize my strengths and weaknesses to, to get a better score. And I think that experience is, is coming a long way mm -hmm. over the years. Um, but there's a lot of amazing athletes that are competing and, and there's new ones every year. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to fight for it just as hard the next year. Um, so, and then and, and like, and regardless, like I just, I, I enjoy the process of just getting better. Um, you know, so and all then, those girls are, are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then what were your thoughts kind of going into the next season? What was your plan and how were you planning on getting to the games again? Cause it all happened uh, so fast. Like the games end and then it's like the open. <laughs> I, I was scared because I got rabdo for the first time in my life at the games and I haven't even talked about it. That's the first time I've really talked about it here. Um, so we're two weeks after the games and I still can barely extend my arms. Is that from the pull-ups? From the pull-ups. I just, you know what? It was really, I've done that volume before. I just didn't drink enough water that, that entire weekend. And I was in the sun a lot. Five out of my six events were outside. I only got to go in the Coliseum once. And I just think I got dehydrated plus the high volume, which is a bad combination. Yeah. And it took me about a month to do a pull-up. Oh, wow. And the open was coming up. So it was like, oh my God, like how am I going to qualify for the open or through the open, I should say, when it's so soon after the games and I needed, I needed recovery time. Like I didn't do a single thing for about two, three weeks. Um, and then slowly started doing like banded stuff and started doing like assisted pull-ups with bands and machines and everything like that. But eventually you get the strength back. Um, but no, I was just like, it was nerve wracking. Cause I just didn't know at what percentage I was going to be able to do the open. Um, and I was like, Oh, I hope there's no pulling in the first week. And we had, we didn't even end, end up doing any chest of bars or pull-ups in the open. We didn't do any pulling. Well, toast bars, you can count that until really the fifth week, which was muscle ups. So by that point I was fine. So I, I, I felt kind of lucky in terms of the programming of the open that I wasn't having to be fully recovered by the first week. Like I still could do burpees and snatches. I think it was the first workout. Um, Cause I, I, I typically do well in open type workouts and just kind of putting my head down and, mm -hmm. and just doing work. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, it was difficult because I just didn't know whether that was, I was going to qualify through there or have to have different backup plans of sanctionals throughout the year. Um, I eventually made it through the open. So I'm super happy about that. And it kind of allowed me to have a real off season after the open. Yeah. Because you can't take too much of an off season after the games. I had a forced off season, but I, I originally want, 
originally wanted to kind of ride out my fitness until the open, like take a week off and then continue so that you can yeah. take your off season after. But because my arms, I think a few more weeks than probably expected, but you know, it, it was okay. Like my body probably needed it. Um, but yeah, that's never happened to me before. Um, so I guess it can happen to anyone, but yeah, it's definitely that heat and high volume. And then when, when is hockey season and how do you like balance training for CrossFit <laughs> during hockey season? You say hockey, like you're American. <laughs> hockey. Hockey. Uh, <laughs> I got the Canadian accent. <laughs> doesn't like, um, isn't the hockey season, doesn't it like never end? No, I mean, it ends for me because I, I like the off season. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that's interesting too, because our, our professional league folded last year. Um, just the, the business model that we had and just the, there was a lot of stuff that was, you know, missing in, in that league. So all of basically the U.S. Olympian, the Canadian Olympians and everyone in between, there was a group of like 200 girls, over 200 girls that kind of came together and formed this new organization called uh, the PWHPA the Professional Women's Hockey Player Association. So we've been, so this past year, we didn't really have a league, but we did a bunch of showcases um, around North America and we created different regions or different teams and we would play. Um, we had different sponsors and everything like that. So there was no like league per se this year. So it was different than in the following years. But typically I start skating like in august early august and then our season doesn't start until october but we had we had showcases in september i think was our first one this past year so and then do you just you just train crossfit on the side of that or how does that work so i teach during the day yep then once i'm done teaching i typically take a little 20 or 30 minute power nap (laughs) okay i just need to mentally check out yep. before I begin training. Then I train from like 4.30 or 5 to 8, okay. 6 or like 7-ish, like 5, five to 7, 4.30 like the 7-ish, like a two and a half window there. And then we don't practice. We practice really late at night because people come from a little bit all over Toronto area. Um, so our practice don't start until like 9 o'clock at night to like 11 o'clock at Jeez. night. So I'll go from cross from school rest a little bit and eat train for a few hours probably have a little snack but directly go from crossfit to my hockey practice so i'm usually like a zombie on the ice by by nighttime yeah i could imagine because <laughs> i'm i probably just finished a super hard workout and i'm having to get bag skated or just do different drills i'm just like girls i just don't have it in me right now i had a tough workout <laughs> <laughs> but they like they know it and they understand my, my schedule. So, um, when it's game days, like I'm, I make sure that I'm like, my legs are good to go for game days. So like if we play at night on the weekend, I'll do a workout in the morning and I'm typically fine by nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, I won't really get affected anymore. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's a they, pretty... I, They're always like, how are you working out on a game day? And I was like, it's hard to explain, but it, I've built to that volume. Like, I don't think I could have done that years ago. Yeah. But now I'm, 
like I'm able to do like full lifts and full wads in the morning. And then at nighttime, mm-hmm. my legs feel fine to, to play a game. Now, does that schedule or routine ever get old for you? Like that's a lot, that's like kind of a lot, like you're always doing something. It's, it's not old, but I mean, I've done it my whole life. Like it's, it's the same schedule that I had when I was a kid. Like I would, instead of being a teacher, I was in school. I'd come home from school. I'd do homework and nap. I napped when I was little. And then I would go from Taekwondo for a couple hours. Then my parents would drive me to London, which is like an hour away from my hockey practice or my soccer practices. Cause I played an hour away mm-hmm. for like a better soccer team and better hockey team there. Um, it's like, it's literally the same schedule I had when I was young. So it's nothing new to me. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to get breaks um, and kind of chill out and mm-hmm. do nothing. Like, I always say I'm a lazy fit person because when I'm not doing stuff, like I just veg out. Like I just need to <laughs> sit on the couch yeah. and just chill. I won't move. So would you say then that your childhood and like your upbringing and kind of like what you did as a kid has helped you a lot today? Absolutely. Um, but it's just like, it's all the skills that you learn in team and in individual sports and being coached by different types of personalities, being, or playing with different types of personalities and, and learning from great leaders and, and stuff like that. Like you just, you kind of get the best out of everyone and you, you can create this, you know, this great bubble of just knowledge that you, you kind of take and you can apply it to everything else in your life, whether it's work or friendships and just everything in life, sports, work. So it's, you know, I was surrounded by great people. And like I said, my parents gave me great opportunities to, um, to play the sports that I loved and they never put any roadblocks on me. Like if I wanted to play a new sport, they're like, okay, <laughs> let's try this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I just feel like I, I accumulated a lot of knowledge in fitness and just coaching and stuff like that, that I'm, I'm applying now as a teacher and trying to like, uh, teach that to my students and just like, you know, time management and everything like that. Um, so it's, it's great experiences and I'm still applying everything now. Um, from when I was little, I just learned it at a very young age. Like it takes time to learn like time management and, you know, and to be disciplined and to have, you know, these goals that you have and to work towards these goals and have a plan. But I just, I learned that at a young age. I learned how to maximize my time. Like when I was at school, I didn't mess around. Like I wasn't playing with a bunch of people and like messing around class. Like I knew when I was at school, I had to learn and I had to do my work right away, whether it was at lunchtime or right after school, because that would buy myself time for the things I wanted to do, which was sports. And it's the same thing now when I'm working as a teacher, when I'm at work or when I'm any time that I have in my day that's spare, I'm trying to maximize that so that I'm buying myself time for training and hockey and everything else that I want to do. But, but if you procrastinate everything, then it's just like you're missing time and all of a sudden it's overlapping with the things that you want to do and you're having to do sacrifices of stuff that you might not want to sacrifice. So, um, so I just kind of trying to teach that to this generation that just wants to be on their phone the entire time in class or, yeah. or do other things. And it's like, you could play or you could do everything that you want to do after school. If you focused 
for different, you know, yeah. just prioritize your time better. Mm-hmm. So now looking ahead, how much longer do you see yourself competing in like CrossFit, like at, at a games level and playing hockey at the same time? Um, well, hockey, I'm still going to play as long as I can, um, contribute to the team and everything like that. Like whether, yeah, (laughs) forever. Like, um, and if I'm not playing, I'm going to be supporting, you know, women's hockey and, and everything that these girls are doing in the PWHPA. And hopefully by then we have a professional league similar to the WNBA. And that's what we're fighting toward or fighting for right now is to kind of create that, um, WNBA ish thing within the hockey world. Yeah. Um, so whether I'm playing in it or supporting it, that's always gonna be part of my life. And then CrossFit, it's the same thing. Like whether I'm competing at the games, making a game, like making it to the games or not, I'm still gonna choose CrossFit as my way of training, mm-hmm. regardless of my age. Um, and then competition wise, I've never not competed in anything. So um i mean i'm sure that that'll slow down eventually my parents might be happy about that yeah (laughs) but um find something new too find something new i'll I'll find something else to to compete in um yeah who knows i might get into coaching later on and or team or team side of crossfit a little bit more um i'm not sure right now i'm just kind of focusing on the stuff that i have ahead of me and um just trying to get better and I feel like I'm still on the way up physically like in my um fitness so while I'm still on the way up I think that I'm going to continue competing and doing the best that I can and how has your training and kind of your daily life been affected by the whole pandemic that's going on I actually have more time to train now than I do normally when I'm working because I'm working uh, virtually like yeah. they're, they're, all the classes that I'm teaching are now um, through like a virtual application that we have so I'm I'm saving time on my commute that I usually go to work and come back and I'm often training kids at lunchtime like I only eat probably five minutes of my day and then the rest of my lunch I'm training different kids like in CrossFit so you just, you just eat as fast as you can and then you go I, I always eat fast it's a bad <laughs> habit um, but yeah, so I'm actually saving a, saving a lot of time on commuting, and we're, we're not teaching as many hours, so I have more time to train. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to maximize that right now since I don't get to train as much as a full-time athlete like some of these other people that I compete against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's actually been nice, and in terms of the quarantine life, that's nothing new to me. <laughs> that's <laughs> essentially how I live normally. So I'm going to see these people out soon. I'm going to be like, Oh, I got to see all everyone again. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, I mean, I live a pretty like chill lifestyle. So mm. like, I don't go out like a, in clubs and stuff like that anymore, like all the time. Yep. So it's just chilling and training and teaching. So not, not much has changed in my, um, like on my side of things. Um, so I guess that w- in that way, I'm fortunate because so, I know it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm lucky on that side that I get to continue training and teaching and I have a stable job. 
Um, so things are good for that. And now I got to ask you, you've been second, you've been the second fittest woman in Canada for two years now. How are you going to, you got to get back to number one. She's good. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Um, do you ever get friends with her? Do you ever train with her? Uh, I've never actually, well, yeah, I, I think I've trained once before with her in Montreal. Um, but she lives too far away for me, for me to like yeah. train with her very often. Um, but no, she's, she's one of the best athletes in the sport. Uh, very underrated. Like we often don't talk about her, uh, as one of the big names, but I mean, she's been catching at regionals. Um, she's, I think she's been at the games now five or six years. She works hard. Um, you know, nothing bad to say about her. She's awesome. Just got to have the right gotta... workouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And you're, you're kind of like a rare, a rare type of person now. Cause a lot of people going to the games aren't really don't have full-time jobs. A lot of them are full-time athletes. So that's pretty impressive in itself. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, that's the one thing I'm like proud of is I've been able to do all this while maintaining a full-time job and almost like a full-time other sport too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Cause even if do, even if people do have their full-time jobs, they probably don't play another sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be like full-time and their CrossFit. So it's part of, I have a lot of friends who are like, would you ever take a year off teaching or not play hockey? And I was like, I just have never specialized. I don't know. Yeah. Like I just, I like playing sports. I think, I think that's one of the reasons why knock on wood, but I haven't had any major in, injuries in my life. Like I, I think I'm not like overdoing it in certain aspects of my life and I'm just playing sports and having fun. Cause like, what's, what's the point of being fit if you're not going to apply it to different sports? Like, yeah. Like I want to be fit, but I also want to use my fitness outside the gym and, and be more versatile in my life. Like I want to be more like as well-rounded as possible in every aspect of my life. And sports is just like a great outlet for me to just play. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. Training's fun too, but playing a sport is just, it's something else. Like it's, yeah. So do you think if you ever just went like tried to go full on CrossFit and not teach and not play hockey, you'd get kind of bored? You know, I'll say this. I respect a lot the people that are doing this full time and they're putting their bodies through that full time because when I'm off in the summer and I get to experience the full time athlete, because people always say, oh, I wish I would do this full time and I would be the best if I did this full time and everything. And it's like, it is hard Mm -hmm. to do it full time. It's not, yes, like they have time, like they can maybe take care of their nutrition, their recovery, but it's mentally exhausting to put yourself through all those workouts and have that be just repetitive over and over every day. You just wake up and you just put yourself in dirt in your workouts. Like I have a lot of respect for all those girls and guys that are doing this full time also, because it's not easy to do it full time. It's not easy to manage it with a job either, but I think that we don't give them enough credit that, you don't, they don't just get good like that too. Like they're, mm. they're putting in a lot of work, um, regardless of whether they have a full-time job outside of training, like the, it is their job, but like, it's, it's tough. Cause like the motivation, like it comes and goes, like it's pretty easy to start losing your motivation as it gets repetitive and, you know, 
quote unquote, like just like boring, but that also is where champions are made is in that kind of yeah. just repetition and putting in the work. So there's good, there's good and bad to both sides of it. And one last thing, are you, what do you think about the games being in Aromas at the ranch this year? Assuming it it's, happens, but yeah. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot left, um, to, I guess, figure out and know what's going on. I'm excited if I do get the chance to compete there. Um, we don't know how many would be invited. We don't know if they're going to be everyone that's already qualified, if they're only going to pick the top 10 from the open, if they're going to pick the top 20 from the open, regardless of national champion. So then all of a sudden I'm outside looking in because um, I'm below the blue line, but I'm not in the top 20 without the national champions taken out type thing. So, but if I do get to compete, I would love it. Um, I think there's a lot of history there um, and character and, and aromas. I, I just think as a fan of the sport, it would be really cool to go uh, to aromas and compete and just kind of experience that because I don't think that it would ever go back there um, in the ranch yeah. very often anyways. I'm, I would be thrilled to get the opportunity to go there. I'm still training as if, I'm going to the games, um, regardless of what happens or not. Um, yeah. We'll see, I guess, what they'll what they're going to be able to do and how it's all going to work. I also have the Rogue Invitational coming up actually in Soon. a month and a half. Yeah. Um, that one's an online competition, so that's what I'm training for right now is the Rogue Invitational because at least that one. Well, so far we've been told that it's going to continue in the individual division um with like a top 20 that they have there so i'm training for that for the online portion of it yeah no that, that that's gonna be really cool the rogue invitational was really cool last year so i don't know how they're gonna make it they said live i don't know how that's gonna work like yeah. if we're gonna be doing it on a zoom <laughs> like, <laughs> that'd be really funny there's and then we got different time zones for everyone yeah. like some people are gonna be doing it like at three in the morning and yeah. who's judging them like it's Interesting. What equipment, what, like, what, they asked us what equipment we had and a few other things, but it'll be, I guess it's going to be a first time for this in terms of if they want to make it a live event, but Rogue, Rogue's amazing. And um, I'm sure whatever they're going to do is going to be great for the community to see. And it's, you know, it's something, it's going to, it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. For sure. And then lastly, where can people find you and learn more about you? Uh, probably my Instagram account. So cprevo27. So c p r e v o s t 27. Um, I'm on Twitter too. Same same account on Twitter. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, I'm on my social media often between my between my sessions or in between lifts. Yeah, in between lifts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you enjoyed episode 119 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Thank you, and have a great day.